Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 through 7, called Pleasing to God. You might want to mark this. This has become one of my life verses. Now the God, Hebrews 13, 20, of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Lots of verses I could give you, but I think you get the message, don't you? I get it. God wants me to live a life pleasing to him. That needs to be my aim. I walk by faith and not by sight, and I make it my aim in 2 Corinthians 5, whether absent or at home, to be pleasing to him. My goal is to please my master. That really simplifies my life. And I think it probably does for you too. And I know you're all trying to learn, as Ephesians 5.10 put it, what pleases him. And that can be a process because we don't know everything, especially when we're newer Christians. But we stay in the word and we keep walking. And that's what Enoch did. And to give you some hope, I want you to know that there was a turning point in Enoch's life. The record of his life is in Genesis 5. Let's turn there together. We'll come back. This is why we're only doing a few verses tonight. We're going to turn to a few passages that give us the backstory. In the case of Enoch, the record of his life is in a small little section in the book of Genesis. If you're having trouble finding the book, we do have help available. We can talk after. <laughs> Never mind. Now, I want you to see something about Enoch's life. And there's some really long lifespans uh, in the early chapters of Genesis, and then they kind of level out. But let's look at uh, verse 19, Genesis 5. Then Jared lived 800 years after he had become the father of Enoch, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Enoch, now here's our, our guy in the hall of faith, lived 65 years, qualified for social security, and then he became the father of who? Methuselah. Now note this. Then Enoch walked with God. Now most scholars would say that language tells us that Enoch in the first 65 years of his life, and of course these are elongated lifespans prior to the flood, uh, lived 65 years it would appear without walking with God. Then something happened in his life. It says, then, so he lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. We'll come back to him in a second. Then, keyword, Enoch, verse 22, walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. Notice the repetition of the then and the after. And he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God. We've seen that twice now in verse 22 and 24. He walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. 
Now, Genesis 5.22 suggests that the event that changed Enoch's life was the birth of Methuselah, the birth of a son. And recently we recorded a little um, Walk in Truth episode. We're airing the Song of Solomon on Walk in Truth on our radio broadcast. And I think it's really important teaching because we're dealing with marriage and we're dealing with romance and intimacy and moving through conflict and learning how to dance again. These were some of the titles of the messages that we did. And we did a little conversation up here on this platform with Pastor Shane, myself, and two uh, wonderful sisters that are part of the fellowship. And we talked a little bit about marriage and intimacy. And it was a real, I would call it a real authentic, um, transparent conversation about the uh, challenges that we all face as human beings in these areas of life. And we all come from at least some of us come from a good amount of brokenness. But I, but I said in that, in that recording that really something that changed the trajectory of my walk with the Lord was the birth of Shane. Shane being my oldest son and going to be 30 this year. And the reason that that event changed my life was I was a newer Christian way back then. Shane was born in the early 90s. And I had, I had gotten saved in the late 80s, but I would have to confess, and I wrote this in the book Suit Up, if you wrote, read that book, that I was struggling the first four years of my walk with the Lord. And, you know, I, I knew what was right and I wanted to do the right thing, but I was really weak and I had, I carried a lot of baggage into that, you know, Christian walk with the Lord. But when Shane was born, my life took a different trajectory and I got serious with God. And I've told people over the years that there were a couple of, as close as I've ever gotten to an audible voice in my walk with the Lord, where I felt like the Lord was saying, I want to use you, but I want you to decide if you're going to waffle anymore or if you're going to actually give yourself fully to me. And I had a couple of poignant, I would call them fork in the road moments. I would even admit to you, one of them came when I was at a party in Newport Beach and some ungodly things were going on at that party. And I knew that that wasn't who I was anymore. And I walked away. I had no car. I had gone with friends. And I couldn't stay there. And I, and I left. And I was walking around Newport Beach by myself with no vehicle. Because I just couldn't stay in that environment anymore. Um, so I will just say that from this text, the turning point, maybe you've had a turning point in your life, maybe you have one ahead of you, I don't know, was the birth of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God when Methuselah was born. Now there's a little bit of debate about the name Methuselah and the meaning of the name, but many scholars believe uh, that his name means something like this, his death shall bring it. In fact, the word Methuselah, the the beginning of the word, muth, is the Hebrew word for death. His death shall bring it. The question is, bring what? The answer, you've probably heard this before, is the flood. There are uh, ancient writers, unbiblical, uh, I should say unbiblical, but non-biblical sources that say Enoch was the recipient of prophecy. And that one of those prophecies may well have been that in the year that Methuselah dies, the flood of God's judgment will come. So there could be two reasons why Methuselah's birth 
change the trajectory of Enoch's life or walk, if you will. One, the birth of a son or a child is very significant, of course. Two, it may well be that Enoch learned that this boy's life span would then determine the time that the flood of judgment, and I'm talking about Noah's flood now, because in the very next chapter, we're going to learn about Noah. Genesis chapter 6, right? So can you imagine raising Methuselah? He has a little cough. (coughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Get him orange juice. Get him vitamin C. Can you imagine someone tells you in the neighborhood, Methuselah's playing in the tree. No! (laughs) His death shall bring it. (laughs) You don't want anything to happen to this kid. I'd build like a bubble around him, right? Well, this is what was going on in the life of Enoch. The chronology of Genesis 5 places the flood as occurring the year Methuselah died. In one well-known strand of Jewish and Christian tradition, Enoch appears as the recipient, quoting another author, of special revelations about the spirit world and the ages to come. In this role, he appears once in the New Testament when Jude, verse 14, quotes the prophecy of Enoch, the seventh from Adam, about the coming of the Lord with his holy myriads to execute judgment on the ungodly. That's a quote from 1 Enoch 1.9, which is not a book in the canon of Scripture, but it is quoted, or that prophecy is quoted, in the book of Jude, verse 14. There's only one chapter in the book of Jude. And so there was some insight given to Enoch about this coming flood. And Enoch was apparently told that as long as Methuselah lived, the flood would be stayed. Now, would that motivate your walk with the Lord if you knew that the flood of judgment was coming when that child of yours passed away? Would you be a little bit more motivated to walk with the Lord? You know, a lot of people in the church talk about the second coming and the rapture of the church, but I'm not sure it's making the church much holier. What do you think? Now, we we are called to live in the light of the second coming, and many, many generations have thought that they were the last generation. And I can tell you, there's different views on eschatology, and only God knows really who's right. But the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to happen in one generation, and Enoch kind of prefigures that. In what way? Enoch experienced an Old Testament rapture. And this is what the commentary in the book of Hebrews tells us uh, with a little bit more detail. If you turn back to Hebrews 11, we have a repetition of Enoch being taken up. And by the way, Methuselah lived uh, the longest lifespan recorded in the Bible. Yet, Methuselah, if you want a little trivia, died before his father. Methuselah lived the longest lifespan in the Bible and yet died before his father. How? Because Enoch didn't die. (laughs) He was what? Taken up. Let's look at Hebrews 11.5 one more time. By faith, Enoch was taken up. Notice it's specific now that he should not see death, so he didn't die. He was not found, people apparently looking for him, because God took him up. He obtained a witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And you say, what does taken up mean? 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. Welcome to Walk in Truth. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. And access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. That's how I showed my anger. Not in words, but in you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Who's lived the longest lifespan in the Bible and yet died before his father? How? Because Enoch didn't die. (laughs) He was what? Taken up. Let's look at Hebrews 11.5 one more time. By faith, Enoch was taken up. Notice it's specific now that he should not see death, so he didn't die. He was not found, people apparently looking for him, because God took him up. He obtained a witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Now you say, what does taken up mean? Well, the Greek word means to be transported or transferred. It is the idea of being taken up alive, uh, the idea of a rapture. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. 1 Corinthians 15, you can write down 51 through 58. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump will sound, And what will happen? We will be changed. And this mortal, that's what we are. We have a lifespan. We're a mortal. We'll put on immortality, right? The perishable will become imperishable. And then will come to pass the saying, death is swallowed up in victory. Now, Enoch is a foretaste of the rapture. And there's absolutely no doubt that Enoch doesn't die because the Bible is explicit that Enoch was taken up or taken out. God essentially said, come up here. Now, for some of us, we look at things like this and we're like, wow, really? This almost seems like a fanciful like movie kind of thing. But God says there's a generation coming, a rapture generation that will not see death. There's one generation that will not die. They will go from mortal to immortal. And the the language in 1 Corinthians 15 is like up in the blink of an eye. It's it's like a microsecond. Bam! It's going to be from mortal to immortal, from perishable to imperishable, from mortal to glorious body. At the second coming of the, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the Bible teaches the rapture 
And remember, the rapture does not precede the resurrection. So you're going to have the resurrection and the rapture tied together. We will not precede those who have fallen asleep. This is 1 Thessalonians 4. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. Now, if you believe Genesis 1-1, that God spoke the universe into existence, if you believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you should have no problem believing in a rapture. Do you believe that God is going to raise your uh, mortal body one day, should you die before the Lord comes? Do you believe that you're going to be resurrected? I hope you do. I hope you believe in the resurrection because Paul says, if there is no resurrection, we should be the most pitied people on the planet. Amen? Now, I know some of these things seem supernatural. That's because they are. Because we are dealing with a supernatural God who gave us a foretaste of the rapture in the life of Enoch. Enoch was walking with the Lord. What does it mean to walk with the Lord? It speaks of a consistent stride. It speaks of leaning in. It speaks of guidance. It speaks how can two walk together unless they be agreed. Galatians 5, 17 and 25. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Keep in step with the Spirit. Lean into Him. Walk with Him. Let the shepherd, the good shepherd, guide your steps. Amen? That's what Enoch did. In a generation where pre-flood, remember the world got worse and worse and worse, and Enoch saw probably a good amount of that too, because it didn't happen overnight. We're going to learn in Noah's time, the thoughts and intents of every heart was only evil continually. I look at the world today, and it's as bad as I can ever remember it, but it's not as bad as it was for these guys, because Noah stood pretty much alone. Only eight people got on the ark, brethren. You think it's bad? It ain't so bad when you think about only eight and the rest were deluged in a worldwide flood. Amen? So be of good cheer. There's a remnant. (laughs) And I think the writer of Hebrews is trying to say that to his own people as well. So there was a turning point. Enoch was taken up. He was pleasing to God. He walked with God. Are you walking with God? You say, well, what does that mean, Pastor Michael? How do I walk with God? Well, you're, something determines your direction in your life, doesn't it? When you wake up in the morning, I'm sure you have some goals. I hope you do. What is it that you do every day? What, what, what are the dots that you follow? Well, for many of you, you've decided that first thing when you wake up, you're going to do a devotion. Why do you do a devotion? Because you want to walk with God. Why do you pray first thing in the morning? Because you want to walk with God. Amen? Well, Enoch, he had a turning point. It was the birth of a son. It was probably a prophecy as well. The world was going to be judged. And so Enoch walked with God. Perhaps he had a wake-up call. And many of us could say we had a wake-up call. Maybe it was the birth of a child. Maybe it was the death of a loved one. Maybe it was the realization that this world is going to be judged. God has fixed a day when he will judge the world. Acts 17. And he's given evidence of this by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. And so the, one of the main verses that we all know, in light of Enoch's testimony, without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And you say, well, okay, I, I get that. 
and I want to have more faith, and many of us pray, Lord, increase my faith. You know, help, help me to be more consistent in my faith. But you need to know that there's, there's, a, there's a benefit here. And we don't do it for the benefit, but you need to know about the benefit. God is a rewarder of those who seek him. And I think seeking him is really walking with him. So here's, here's the promise. If you seek God, he'll reward you. You know, the, the reward for Abel was an ongoing testimony. And of course, Abel's now in the glory of God. The reward for Enoch was he was taken in the presence of God. Let me just say this to you, too. There's a long nap that people take upon their, the end of their mortal existence. Why would it be better for Enoch to be taken to God if he was just going to sleep for thousands of years? You get my point? Enoch was taken up to God. To be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. So put aside all that nonsense that, you know, there's a sleep and all that. No. When you die, you go to be with the Lord if you're in Christ. You see, he's a rewarder. And Noah got rewarded by getting to build a big boat and getting able to, being able to live. <laughs> Amen? You've been listening to Pleasing to God, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews, Chapter 11, Verses 5 through 7. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is always available on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Would you please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Hey, thank you to all of our partners for making this ministry happen, all of our incredible church partners. We could use more partners because we have some open doors. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor Michael? We have some radio markets where we've been invited to step in. They want us there, but it costs money. Radio airtime is not cheap. And if you want to become a partner at $10, $20 a month, for a lot of you, that would not be that big of a deal. Maybe $50 a month you could do. You say, well, Pastor Michael, why, why are you bringing this up? Because I, w- I want to reach more people and it does take money. And giving to the kingdom of God is part of our duty. How do you do it? You go to walkintruth.com and you click on the donate tab. You know, if a lot of people give a little, or if we have some big gifts and some little gifts combined, we can do more. And I will tell you, I've known a lot of people in radio over the years. We've been on the air for 15 plus years. The bottom line is that if we don't have the resources, we can't, we can't expand. And we'd like to expand. And I will tell you one place that we have an opportunity is in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. I want to go to Hawaii, right? <laughs> Maybe I'll get invited to speak there if we end up in Hawaii. But I'm just saying this. That's one opportunity. We'd like to reach the people there on the island. Well, how do I come alongside you, Pastor Michael? Walkintruth.com. Click on the Donate tab. We'll, we'd, we'd welcome a one-time gift. We'd welcome many monthly givers. Many of you have benefited for a long time. You've never reached out to us. So we don't know each other and we don't know that this is blessing you. And it's not about our knowledge, but it's about partnership. Would you partner with us? Would you become a walk in truth partner, say for 25 a month? I'm just 
throwing out a number because I see the reports, brethren, and we don't have, I, I'll tell you, we don't have over 50 consistent givers to walk in truth. It's under 50. That's, that's the cold, hard reality. Now, I'm so grateful for those about 50 because they're part of the reason why you're, why you're hearing my voice right now. But it could easily be 100, right? It could easily be 500. And typically, we say, yeah, he's talking to somebody else. Maybe. <laughs> Especially if you're already a partner. But if you're not, and you're benefiting from this ministry, look, we're doing the work, and I, and I know if you're listening, you believe in it. So can I ask you, would you go there right now, walkintruth.com? Would you commit to a monthly amount that is not going to be, you know, put you over a barrel? Not going to be a big deal. Maybe it's just sacrificing one lunch out during the week or something like that. Uh, you hear me, and I don't want to talk about it anymore because I don't like to talk about it. But look, it's if, if we have more partners, we can do more. That, I'm going to leave it there. Walkintruth.com. Click on that donate button. Hey, I pray that you'll be in fellowship this weekend. We would love for you to join us. If you want to find out the, uh, more about the church I pastor, which is Living Truth in Corona, just click on the church tab on that same website, walkintruth.com, and you can find out about how to connect with the church services. We'll see you, Lord willing, Monday. And join us Monday for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, verses 5 through 7, called Pleasing to God. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.